Second Kings chapter 7, again at verse 1. <coughs> then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. <coughs> then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered, the man of God, and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, and let us fall into the host of the Syrians, and if they save us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. <coughs> For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of the great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into the one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then said they one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If till we tarry, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. We'll stop reading right there. You can read the rest of the chapter. And <clears throat> verse 3 says, There were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said unto one another, Why sit we here until we die? And we go over to verse 9. It's, they said again, we do not well. This is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come in, upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. So a bad time in Samaria. Surrounded by the Syrians, nothing could go in and nothing could go out. And starvation had set upon the folks in Samaria. And it's a bad time today. And I was reading, and there's a verse over in Amos chapter 8, I believe it is, verse, verse 3, if I'm not mistaken. For in the last day there shall be a famine, not of bread or of water, but of hearing of the words of the Lord. And here are some folks that are in a famine. And they were had a choice to make. 
they could do nothing and die right where they were. They could go into a place, now these were leprous men, they could go into the city where they were not welcomed, where they were not wanted, and they could die of famine. Or they could go to the Syrians and see what the Syrians did to them, whether they left them alive or whether they died. The thing of it was, they were going to die. Sooner or later, they were going to die. Even if the Syrians chose to let them live, if they welcomed them, if they gave them something to eat, eventually they were going to die. See, really the choice was whether or not they sat right where they were at. You've got a choice today. Are you going to sit right where you're at? Are you going to be satisfied right where you are? Or are you going to do something about it? These men were facing famine on one hand, death on the other, and they sat right in between. Our world will starve you to death. Did you know that? We've got a whole world full of Christians that's starving. I know that Satan whispers in every preacher man's ear, he says people don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear what you've got to say. They're tired of that old stuff, the same old stuff, that bloody way. They don't want to hear that anymore. All they want to hear is you patting them on the back and telling them how good they are and you smile and you wrap it up in just a few minutes. And that's all that they want to hear. But I'm telling you today, God's people want to hear the Gospel. They want to hear the good tidings of great things. They want to hear... And I've heard preachers say, and you pray for me for just a few minutes. I've heard preachers say, well, I told them. I've never told you anything. If it didn't come out of the King James Version Bible, and it wasn't backed by the Spirit and power of God, anything I've said was done. Anything I've said was void, was null, and didn't matter. Anything I said, my opinion, didn't make a bit of difference. But when it's the Gospel... It's good tidings of great things. Did you read that scripture over in the New Testament? Without a preacher, how shall they hear? And it goes on and says, How beautiful are the feet of them that bring good tidings of great things. That's what the gospel is all about. And so you got a choice to make. Well, I'm not a preacher. I just come, I sit, I listen, I go home. Shame on you if that's all you do. I'm here to tell you today, the gospel should go farther than the four walls of this sanctuary. The gospel should be carried home in your heart and talked about at your house. I'm not talking about the preacher. I'm talking about the gospel, the power of God, the Word of God, and how it stirs you up on the inside. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit right here till you die? Or are you going to get up and share the good news about the King of Glory. The Lord may not have called you to preach. I didn't read where Legion ever made a preacher, did he? But I did read where the Lord told him to go and publish all the great things that God had done for him. In doing so, in a roundabout way, you could say he shared the Gospel. 
I did read where there was a lady down, a Samaritan woman down at the well had took her water, her water bottle down there to get some water, her, 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 her pitcher to get some water. And when she got down there, she met a man she'd never met before. One that was different from any man she'd ever met. Who was that man? That man was Jesus. And He gave her a drink of living water. And she didn't need her pitcher to carry it. She carried all both of inside and this woman that had been married to five different men this woman that was living with a man that was not her own had a different change in her countenance her voice had a lilt to it her 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 eyes were bright and her words made a difference she said come see a man what was she doing she wasn't preaching the gospel she was sharing what jesus has already preached to her that's all i'm asking you to do don't sit down until you die don't just sit and do nothing get up share the good news jesus has brought salvation to all who will call on his name. I have seen it in you too. I've seen folks make that choice. Have you? Who knows how many years they have come, they have sat, they get up, they leave, and there's no change. There's no difference. Outside the walls of the church, actually while they're sitting on the pew, there's no peace in their heart. Their mind. I have been there of you. You come to church, but you didn't leave your troubles outside the door. And they're running from ear to ear the whole time you're sitting on the pew. Are you going to sit there and stay that way? Are you going to wrestle with that stuff in your mind until it starts? What are you talking about, preacher? I had a peanut butter sandwich before I came to church tonight. I'm not talking about your belly. I'm talking about that spiritual man. That man on the inside. He has a need to be fed. And there was some crumbs that fell. There was a bill that was served right here just a few minutes ago. The power of God came by. A good, sweet, gentle spirit. And it feeds that spiritual man on the inside. Did you miss it? Were you letting those troubles run from ear to ear that you brought through the door with you? Did you sit right down there and let that spiritual man starve to death? Are you going to sit there until you die? Or are you going to get up and be fed by the power of God? You're grown. You're not an infant. You know, you can force a bottle in an infant's mouth. But you can't even make an infant take the bottle. You can wrestle with it. You can't even make an infant take the bottle. You think I'm going to spoon feed you? When it came time to eat at our house when I was a boy, you better come to the table. Because if you didn't come to the table, you didn't eat. And it might not be your favorite. But if you didn't eat what was on the table, you didn't eat. You might love to hear, and I'm going to pick on Becky because I know I can and she won't care. You might love to hear Becky saying, 
But the power of God may not come through her Sunday morning. It may come from some other direction. Whatever it is. It may be Miss Greg giving a testimony about how good God has blessed in her life. And if it comes that way, get your fork and spoon ready. Don't sit back. Don't wait until your person does this or your person does that. When the power of God comes, eat up and rejoice that God God has given you another meal. You know who Samaria was, don't you? That represented uh, uh, some of the tribe of Israel. That's who that represented. We got churches all over this land and country starving to death because they've sat right down and died. Refuse the Spirit and power of God. Yes, preacher, they programmed it out. Well, we follow one. It just ain't always on paper, is it? If we're not very careful, we, we try to stick to the program too much instead of following the power of God. Yeah. Now, you know me. I'm going to say this. And you know what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about. You know me. It don't bother me if I don't get to preach. I'm, I, I've seen those kind of preachers. I've seen those that were jealous. That's not me. If you've ever seen me when a visiting preacher walks through the door, you know it's not me. Let me just relay this to you. I'm not so arrogant as to think that I could bring a better message than you could. I'm not so arrogant as to think that my intellect and my fleshly mind could put something together that would be more powerful than what the power of God could do through His people on the altar. As a matter of fact, I'm a much weaker and much more ignorant and all I can do is depend on the power of God and let Him fill my mouth with His words. That's all I know how to preach. You can tell me that's a good message and you can tell me you enjoyed the message. But you know the real message is going to make a real difference and going to get your sinner from the pew to the altar is the one that's preached in the power of God that you bring. Don't sit down and die. Don't let a preacher tell you you need to keep your mouth shut. Not been too long ago. The Lord was helping me a little bit. And this lady right here got a hold of the power of God and shouted during the preaching. That didn't bother me at all. It gave me a little more oomph to preach a yeah. little harder. Yeah. A lot of times you'll hear shouting during the singing. How many times do you hear it? We ought to shout when we think about what Jesus did for us. Amen. How 
He washed away our sins. Hell, He saved our soul from hell. Hell, He made us a home in heaven when this life is over. There ought to be enough alone to put us all on shelf ground. Amen. It's preaching at Round Mountain, first church ever pastored. A little old lady shouted in the middle of preaching. Goosebumps run all over me. <laughs> Why sit we here till we die? Let me say this. I am reprove, rebuke, Exhort. That's the three, right? Yeah. Let me cover that third one there just a second. Most of you weren't here whenever I first came to Dutch Bottoms. Majority of you weren't here whenever I first came to Dutch Bottoms. I am very proud. you hear that? I am very proud to be your pastor. Amen. I am very proud of what we have seen the Lord do. Yeah. And I said we would be. I said we where we were and where we've come from to where we're at. And it gets better. It gets better. The more as we sung the song down on my knees the more of that we do, the better it'll get. I know we've lost saints here since I've been here. You know, being a minister, it's an honor to stand at someone's memorial service but it's my least favorite thing to do. Yeah. I don't want to lose people. And you know, sometimes that's the only time folks will attend a church service. That's right. It makes me very nervous. I try to pray a little harder. I try to ask the Lord to give me exactly what he would have me to say. I've seen men offended. I've seen folks get up and leave during the middle of a service, a funeral service. But 
I'm going to tell you this. And if the good Lord will help me, I'm supposed to stand at Dorothy's funeral on Saturday. There has never been a better friend to this church and to this community than Dorothy Howard. Lord, help me to preach your word. I cannot, I cannot be one of those that tells you jokes. I love to cut up. I love to, to joke and have fun. When the church bell rings, I cannot be that. And when it comes time to stand over somebody, I want to say what the Lord wants me to say. Amen. And if it's what He wants me to say, it'll have the desired effect. It'll have the effect He wants. What will it do, preacher? It will touch people's hearts. That's right. It will help them to realize, you know what? Well, I quoted the scripture. Why sit we here? Till we die. You want to see a picture of a minister sitting still and dying right where he's at? Let him tell you how good you are. Let him preach to you. Well, let's just scratch that. If he's going to sit down and die, he won't be doing any preaching. Amen. He, you won't be hearing any gospel. He'll shake your hand, he'll have a pretty smile. He'll tell you how nice you look today and He'll send you on your way thinking you're perfect and ready to fly away and He's sitting right there and dying. I'm going to tell you what a preacher has to have to preach the gospel. He's got to have an humble heart. He's got to have the words given to him from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved. And I believe a man of God, I don't know why that preaches. I believe a man of God has to do that. If you don't do that, you're not preaching gospel. How do you know what he wants to preach if you never read his word? And church member, how do you know he's preaching you the truth if you don't read his word? You better not take me for my word. If you can't read it, it's not gospel. Why sit we here? Well, you get all of preachers straightened out, Mike. What are you going to do? Not everybody's a singer. Not everybody's Sunday school superintendent. Not everybody's a teacher. But God didn't save you to sit down. He didn't save you to sit down. I never heard Miss Dorothy sing a song. I'm sure she did, but I never heard her. She never sang a solo. To my knowledge, I don't think she ever taught Sunday school. I don't know. She might have years and years ago. 
But if you faced adversity, if you had a death in your family, if you needed help, Dorothy was either on the phone or at your doorstep. Let me just, I don't know why, I'm sure you'll probably hear some of this again Saturday. While she was still attending here, she made a trip to the altar one Sunday morning. You know what was bothering her? She was troubled because every time somebody had a need, she would go in the kitchen, she would make them something, and she would take it to their house. And she was bothered because her mind, her hands, and her body would not allow her to do like she used to do. If we all just had that kind of desire, if we all just had that kind of desire, yeah. you see, she wasn't a singer. She didn't take a big role up front of the church, but she lived the life that everybody, every member of Dutch Bottoms are to live. She never sat down. She never gave up. She never quit. What are you going to be? Are you going to sit right there until you die? I've seen folks do it. I've seen men hold grudges and sit on the front pew. Never shed a tear, never have a testimony, never say a word, always grumpy and grumpy, always in a bad mood because they couldn't let go, because they couldn't forgive others and forgive themselves. They sat right down there and spiritually were dead. Is that you? I'm here to tell you today, get up! There's too many good things in life to tell the world about. God has given us too many blessings not to share. These leprous men went into the camp of the Syrians and when they got to the edge of the camp, God had already provided. The Syrians had heard a noise of chariots. No chariots. All in their mind. And in their haste, left everything they had. Their food, their horses, their silver, their gold, vessels, everything they had, left it right there. In fear. And these men had come upon a blessing. And they realized, they said, this is a good thing. And here we are keeping our peace. There's people right over there starving. Let's not sit down. Let's share the good stuff that we got. Did you enjoy the singing tonight? Did you feel the good spirit stirring in the singing? Saw a thing earlier this week, and I appreciate Bobby Parker so much. 
If you're not on Facebook, you don't know what I'm talking about. He said, I want to take just a minute to brag about my church. He said, good spiritual singing, good gospel preaching. He said, if you want to be fed, come to Dutch Bottoms. You may not be on Facebook. That does not keep you from telling people about the good things that are a part of your church. Now, John, had you raise your hand if you knew a sinner. Everybody under the sound of my voice knows somebody that needs Jesus. They may need salvation. They may need to get out of the backslid state that they're in. Maybe a brother. Maybe a sister. Maybe a neighbor. Maybe a friend. You know somebody that needs a blessing. Why don't you invite them to come on down where we got plenty? Why don't you invite them to come on down? We've got plenty and we've got enough to share. We've got enough so that they can be blessed as well. You know why they won't come? They, in their mind, Satan has convinced them we're, we're down here rotting on the vine. In their mind, Satan has convinced them just a bunch of old rotten fruit down there at Dutch Bottoms, twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Why, there ain't nothing down there for you. You better. And the only way they'll ever know any difference is if you get up. Is if you spread the word. Now listen, the people of Samaria had these... Look at you. You're eat up. Don't, don't be in here in this town spreading that disease on us. You know they heard that. That was the, that was the culture for leprosy at that time. They had to separate themselves. They weren't allowed to be near anybody. They weren't even allowed to come in the city. Shun, I guess is the right word. People see them and they take a step away from them. Unwelcome. Unwanted. These men could have held that, held that feeling and not told a soul in Samaria. But they decided to share the goodness that God had blessed him with. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit right there? Now you said you felt God's spirit here tonight. You're going to take that home, bottle that up. Say, oh well, that's Wednesday night service. Let's go to work. Let's go to Walmart. Let's go home about our daily business. And we'll see what happens Sunday. Or are you going to get up? Are you going to tell somebody what went on down at the house of God on Wednesday night? I told my sister today about you. She got a blessing just hearing about that. Why sit we here? If you sit right there, Satan's going to point out every bad thing in life. 
you sit right there, Satan's going to point out all the times you've been defeated. If you sit right there, Satan's going to point out all the times you've been put down, spoken ugly to, all the times you've had hurt feelings, all the times that you should have just quit and give up and die. That's what he'd like for you to do. But don't you think you'd be better off to get up? Steve Gossett used to sing a song. Open, your, open my book, Lord, and look on the pages. If you find, now here's the qualifier. If you find I've been faithful today. If you find, there's one, here's the second qualifier. If you find I have walked in a way that has pleased you, leave a blessing as you pass my way. The chorus says, I need a blessing. I've been in the valley all day. My soul is dry and thirsty, Lord. Leave a blessing as you pass my way. Now here's the mark of a real Christian. It says, if you find... I can't remember the words exactly. <coughs> Help me out, Don. If you find somebody, in other words, that needs a blessing more than me, do, than I do, just give it to them. And it says, perhaps I can make it to the end of this valley to once more I can feel your sunshine. Sometimes Satan just rears his head up, don't he? It gives us the worst day we've ever had in our lives. And then you run into somebody that's had it worse than you have. And the bad day you thought you had, you can tell them about the goodness of God that you've experienced. And the bad day becomes not so bad after all. Are you going to sit still? Why sit we here until we die? Don't you think it's about time that we get up, that we tell the people in our lives that are hurting there's something for them here that will help them? If I told you how I had cancer, Miss Haney might recommend a good oncologist that can help me to get better. If I told you I had heart problems, Gary might recommend a good heart doctor. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't think twice. I don't think either one of them would. Mm -hmm. I don't think they'd think twice about recommending a doctor for me to go to to see that could help me to get better. And here we are with the cure for sin. Here we are with the cure for hell. Mm -hmm. Here we are with something to take the fear away. Why sit we here till we die? 
You know what Satan's convinced our sinners to do? That exact thing. Sit right there until you die. And once the last breath leaves you, no hope. You're done for. We live in a world full of prideful people. And one of the hardest things to do is to say, I need something. To speak up and say, I need something. Lay down your pride and say, I need Jesus. Lay down your pride. I guess it was Lisa tonight. She said she just wished that preacher would hush. You know what she was in a hurry to do? Lay down her pride and get rid of that fear. She just needed salvation. That's all you need. Don't sit right there and let Satan beat you out of it. Tell it to Jesus. We sang glory, glory, glory a lot. I'm going to hush here in just a minute. And I was thinking while we were singing tonight, it's probably one of the best things we do. You know why? Because it gives these young Christians an opportunity one more time to say, I've been saved. And if you thought it was good on the day that you got it, every time it gets to your day and you get up, it's still good, ain't it? Amen. It's still good. Yeah. And every time you youngins get up and sing and your day comes and you raise your hand, that's one more time Satan can make you doubt. It gives you, makes your faith stronger. And I want to encourage you, if you don't, you don't have to wait until we sing the song. If Jesus wants you to say, I'm glad I'm saved and I'm in the middle of preaching, you better do that. If Jesus wants you to say, I'm glad I'm saved and the Sunday school teacher's in the middle of the lesson, Marty Coster, I don't think he'd bother you not one time. One thing I don't think it bothered you at all. We're taught to be respectful, and I believe in that, and we have some of the best behaved young folks in any church I know of. But we need to encourage them to exercise their faith. We need to encourage them to be stronger Christians. Is it okay to be a Christian? Is it okay to be a Christian? Amen. Actually, I'd say it's a pretty good thing to be a Christian. Amen. And boys, every time the Lord gives you just a little something to say, you open your mouth. Yes. And you tell about how good God's been to you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. Amen. You heard me tell the young folks that, didn't you? Same thing goes for you. (laughs) Why sit we here till we die? If you listen to Satan, you'll die right where you're at. Do you know you can be spiritually dead and attend every church service? 
Did you know you can come to church, you can be the, the oldest member, you may have attended church here for 50 years, but you can come to every church service and sit and never feel the power of God move on the inside. You know what that is? That's spiritual death. That salvation's not gone. It's still sealed. But you know what a sponge does? Whenever the water dries all out of it, it just shrinks and shrivels right up, doesn't it? That's what our life is like whenever we sit down and we don't do anything for the Lord. Those men had every reason not to send word back to Samaria. But God had been too good to them. Has God been... I'm not going to say has He been good to you. Has God been too good to you? Then I believe you ought to go tell somebody. You ought to get up and go tell somebody. 